friend and I were talking today about, uh, you know, the story of an action figure. And um, let's say mind is dreaming. Yeah. Let's just say mind's dreaming. And the mind, while it's dreaming, for, for the dream to appear and take shape and to move as it does, there must be impressions of that mind. Yes? Sort of like uh, panes of glass in a kaleidoscope. There's certain impressions. In, in Hinduism, they call them, some of them, samskaras, deep mental grooves. Yeah? And these impressions of mind have the chance to express in manifestation. Yeah? So mind let's say, has this, um, these impressions, yeah. and it takes this apparatus as like a doorway or an interface to manifestation, yes, for those impressions to express. Yeah. So let's say the, the stock impression of the mind as dreaming here would be self-centeredness, yes? The mind inherently empty, has become identified as a thing, yeah? So in that, this is just made up, too, I'm just talking, yeah? Don't take it, it has no, ver no validity whatsoever. It's just a way of conveying a, a sense. Yeah? That's all this always is. It is just a conveying of a sense, yes? An intimation, uh, a little tickle or a catalyst. It has no relevance whatsoever. Everything said, obviously, doesn't have a speck of truth in it. <laughs> but I, today got, like, sometimes downloads occur and, uh, and it and, uh, makes sense, you know, in an insane sort of way. So here is this possibilities, yes? Lots of possibilities. And yet the, one of the possibilities, a very strong mental groove is self-centeredness, yeah? So the mind has dreamt a story and the story's basic premise is there is a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yeah? And that self is the doer and the haver here. It's the mover and the shaker, yeah? And yet, there's also something called life that is happening to the self. So there's a dualistic expression, yeah? There's you as the subject, and then tons of things, in some points of view, conspiring to fuck with you. Yeah. So life is happening to you. So there's the impression, and now it's expressing. Yeah. So a deep, deep mental groove is self-centeredness. Now, as some of us have experienced another very deep mental groove called alcoholism, which is another form, right, of, uh, within the larger form of self-centeredness. So self-centeredness, let's say, produces an unease and a discomfort because there is a huge shift from mind and then mind identified as a thing. It's, a, it's like, it's sort of like, in a way you could paint a picture that it's 800,000 times worse than a bird that's flown all its life to be caged. Yeah. I mean, never to have a chance to fly again. There's a lot of, as soon as the mind identifies as a thing, a lot of mindness gets sort of forgotten and now you're living in a very small spectrum of mind. Yeah? And so let's say that same mind manifests or appears through an animal, and that animal has a consciousness called animal consciousness. So let's say dogs have an incredible sense of smell where we don't. Yeah? They get more information through their nose than anything else. That's why I like to sniff asses and stuff, because they're, they're, they know everything about that other dog by smelling its ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, and then there's plant consciousness and stuff like that. And then, like plant consciousness, humans can take some plant consciousness, eat some psilocybin or some ayahuasca or some peyote, and have that influence of the plant consciousness in their human spectrum. And sometimes it can be terrifying, but other times it can be very illuminating. Yeah, because their their little spectrum of seeing things in a certain way gets blown out of the water and they see things in a whole totally different way in maybe like a two hour time. 
not over years where I could adapt to it, but like they've taken something and then an hour and a half later they're just, you know, blah, 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 yeah. So let's just say there's all these forms of impression. And then they're, they're finding expression in manifestation, yes? All the while, in the first impression, the self-centeredness, everything that manifests through this will be claimed, yeah? Every feeling, every thought, everything that has found manifestation through this apparatus will be claimed by the mind identified as the apparatus. So instead of just seeing thoughts, there's the feeling I'm the thinker of them, which is totally different than seeing a thought. Yeah? Feelings, having feelings or having my feelings, huge. I mean, how many feelings have you had? Yeah? How many feelings has the mind sensed that it was the one who had every one of those feelings? That's a whole lot of feelings to collect. And how many thoughts, they say 70,000 thoughts a day, maybe you're aware of a couple, a thousand or so in the screen, to have every one of them claimed as yours or about you is an incredible, an incredible uh, act of hoarding in a sense. And everything like here in the world, whatever you own, owns you. Well, I'll tell you something. If you own the, the thoughts, they own you. You can't seem to break away from them because they're your thoughts. It's sort of like leaving a kid. If the kid was a pain in the ass and it wasn't yours, you'd leave it right away. But now because it's yours, you've got to live with it for 20-something years till, they kick, till you can kick them out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> it shifts everything. So here's, here we are in a, one impression, which is called self-centeredness, which is its major movement is to claim everything, and it takes itself to be the subject of life as an object. Yeah? So something that I can see is a thing. Yeah? So this thing that you are seeing is claimed to be the seer. Yeah? This is an incredible leap. There's seeing, but how it sees it is a form of looking, because the seeing is claimed as you're the seer. Instead of just the incredible feeling of fluidity in life, or I, what I like to call traveling lighter, is when the seeing is not claimed, it's seeing. 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 I would say that's what we are, is the seeing of what's manifesting. We're not the seer of manifestation. But we're the seeing of manifestation. Yeah? It sounds like it's semantically a very little difference, but it's huge. Yeah? If the seeing is forgotten and the seer is emphasized, that seer is actually in a form of looking, and that looking, every thought that you're aware of becomes your thought. Yeah? Every feeling that you've had becomes your feeling. And so every time you claim another feeling now, all it refers to is a past claiming of some fucking feeling. Yeah? So in a sense, you end up live, reliving everything, rehashing everything, resenting, which means to re-feel, and rethinking everything. Yeah? Over and over again. And the more and more claiming, the more and more your life is like a storage unit. Instead of like something where something moves through and like plays a note, yeah, like a wind going through a chime. It's now, every time the wind goes through the chime, you claim it as being the one who made the wind. It's like a kid who cuts a fart, you know, in class. And they, they, they've claimed it, they know they've cut the fart, but they want to deny it, yeah? This is like that. You're stuck with a really stinky smell in your life. Really stinky smell. You gotta make excuses for it, rationalize it, blame others, like you used to do when you cut a fart, you blame everyone else to try to throw it off you. Hey, Jimmy, cut that fart, I swear, I know you cut it, but you know you cut it. <laughs> so, what happens with that impression, self-centeredness, for some, mostly all, it produces an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Others are more capable of denying that and, let's say, disassociating from it and maybe build a life around that little bit of inconvenience. Yeah? Others can't. It becomes such an imperative, they fall into the next deep mental groove, which is addiction. So they want, they're 
they, they, find, they try to find some relief to the original disease, which is self-centeredness, and that solution becomes a huge problem. Yeah? So the solution that the mind came up with is actually a problem in disguise. It doesn't take away the self-centeredness, it masks it for a while only to compound it. And then it also sets off and creates its own consequences. And not only feeling irritable and restlessness and discontent, you're now being made to feel irritable, restlessness and discontent in some bureaucratic situation like jail or going to court or having to take your urinalysis every week or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then the irritability, restlessness and discontentment is now manifesting. Yes? Oh, it's incredible. It starts having a life of its own because the floodgates have been opened. You're attempting to get relief from an effect of a cause that you're not seeing. Yeah? No matter how much relief you get for the, an effect, it doesn't change the cause of that effect. Yeah? It actually reinforces the cause. And the cause, instead of maybe going out this way into alcoholism, will now go out into porno or into shopping or into somehow. It's got to seek relief because the unbearability of mind being identified with what it's not has to be dealt with. So no matter how great you think you have it, the mind is still seeking, still looking, still looking, because the solution hasn't occurred. And you can t know that because when the solution occurs, a lot of things shift. And then you see, that's why they weren't shifting. Because in, in my life, in a sense, there was something lacking that was causing all the dissatisfaction. Yeah? The lacking was satisfaction. As soon as there was a satisfaction came over me, all the seeking for satisfaction shifted dramatically. Or just like the pursuit of happiness became like a stroll. Because there's no need to pursue happiness anymore. Because happiness is more of a state than anything you acquire or get. Yeah. So something shifts dramatically, and then you know the problem by the solution. So by the, in, the, in the absence of self, and I'm telling you, the absence of self is a fact. It's not a condition that comes after the presence of self. There is no presence of self. It's an appearance. Yeah? That's why this, this is a solution, because it, the problem is imaginary. That's all it is. So it's it, the absence of self, which is inherently the case, when that's seen or entertained, then you sense the presence of mind. Mind, yes? Not conditional mind but an aspect of mind that hasn't been put into this expression of this deep mental groove, yeah? It's mind more from the context, and now that context is le leaking into the content, and now the content isn't blocking out the context, yeah? The portal has opened, and now the content text is leaking into the content, and it's changing how you perceive things. It's changing everything about you, and most importantly, it shows you there isn't a you. All the information of finding out about you distills into one revelation. I'm not that. And as soon as there's an entertaining, even at these meetings, when you attempt to, when there's a starting to entertain, I'm not that, what can now get freed is your attention and interest is, and that attention and interest glued to you is the set, is the bonding agent. It's the adhesion. Yeah? It's your, your interest and attention is what's causing false evidence to appear real. You have to see what happens there? For false evidence, like the acronym for fear, one of the many in AA, in recovery, false evidence appearing real. How could false evidence ever be real? It can't. It's false. But it can appear real. To everyone here? No. To you. Yeah? So, the mind plays a huge role in something that's false appearing real. The mind has a quality we call faith. But most people believe they have to acquire faith. To me, it's just a change of vehicle. I feel like everyone in this room has tons of faith. Most people have faith in a failed thought system called self. Yeah? And in recovery, it says it. It says, 
it presents a beautiful question, why are you in so much fear? And he doesn't let you answer that, because you write tons of fucking stories why. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? He's just called the shot. He just said, basically, all of all the different forms of anxiety and fear, all of them, are rooted in one cause. Mind relying on self. How do you rely on self? You can't rely on self farther than being identified as it. That is an extreme reliance. That's, that's past reliance. It's devotion. It's like being a zealot. It's like being a fanatic. Yeah. I mean, I've seen movies where the, the lady gets really flipped out about a starlet and starts wearing the same clothes and going to the same places and trying to date the same people and then she gets so jealous she starts killing the people and then she's doing, then she wants to kill the starlet and basically become the starlet, yeah? So that obsession, you think, wow, that is really crazy that she wants to become the starlet that has gone that far. But I mean, I was addicted to coke, but I never thought I was cocaine, ever. There was always a line drawn. I never became coke. <laughs> I never slept in a bindle. I never became cocaine. You know what I mean? It just was like... But here, we're starting from that in supreme, extreme reliance. We're starting out of identification. We don't even know how far the obsession's gone because it's crossed the line where we're identified with an object. We're not obs The obsession over it is just to reinforce the identification. And so, if you're identified, you can't rely on something more than that than to take it to be you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's an extreme reliance, yeah? So, any like, you know, self-reliance, which is, all right, the highest form or the most extreme form of self-reliance would be identification as self, yes, is the producer of all anxiety. There you go. You've just been diagnosed. It's just... You, if you read it, and your own livingness inf infuses it with revelation, yes, the book is just a living book, but your mind will infuse it with revelation. When you see that revelation, Jesus, and then you hear everyone talking about fear, and they're really into getting out of it a little, but there's all unspoken agreements. Everyone's reinforcing the problem, talking about slowly trudging out of the problem. Yes? They're afraid to be free, their minds. They want to be free, but just a little. Yeah? Or on their terms. Yeah? And when a person starts talking about being fucked with fear, there's like an agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like pledging allegiance. I seek higher to it, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, the problem's still alive and well, thank God. And so when someone shares about being free, it's usually booked in, but I'm still crazy. Just so they can stay in the herd, you know what I mean? You have to see mine. How do you expect to be free as a mind if you don't see mine? You'll be trying to be free as a self, and that self cannot be free from the bondage of self. Because the bondage of self is self. How can what is the bondage be free? Yeah. It's called, please relieve me of the bondage to self. Yeah. A self wanting to be free is a form of bondage to self. Yeah. Follow it. A self wanting to be free is a form of bondage to self. Because you want to be free as a self. And that ain't happening. Obviously, or it would have. You may have experiences, or you may have some certain amount of time that you feel free, but you always go back to the same cell, don't you? Almost unbidden. No one shoes you back in there. You just can't take it anymore, and it's back into the cell. Whew! Maybe there's a pressure. I should want to be free. So some people come here, and all they want is permission not to do what they don't want to do anyway. You're not going to go on a 30-day retreat. And if you're a self, you think it has to be something you do to get there. You cannot entertain spirituality as a prior state. You have to see it as self. When self looks at spirituality, it's a process. It's a path. It's something I'm going to acquire. Yeah? And if it's based on that, and you don't seem like you're going to do anything to acquire it, it's going to be like, you ain't getting any of that spirit. 
And that may not feel good for you. So maybe you go hunt around for someone to give you permission not to do what you don't want to do anyway. <laughs> the point is, you don't have to do anything. You're the one who set the, the, the track. You, you laid out the race. You put up all the hurdles. And it's constantly changing. You can jump through ten hurdles, there'll be two more later. Where did I, I thought the contract said ten hurdles? You know, I thought the contract said da da da, da da da. There's always going to be more added or subtracted. Yes? It's constantly fucking with you. So identified as that, it has to be projected into time and into a practice. You have to have some relevance to it. It has to be up to you to know God. Instead of God overriding all of your considerations and requirements and just cramming itself into everywhere that it is. Yeah? It's amazing. How aren't you rubbing shoulders with God if it's supposed to be everywhere? You must be in some special somewhere. Yeah? And from that special somewhere, I want to know God. I've spent enough life running around. I think I'm going to turn my attention to knowing God now. <laughs> That's the highest form of playing God. And if you read the book, if you humbly read the book, the biggest, I've I got to go back to this because, uh, whatever. Read the book, yes? Page 62, 63. They talk about something, the main principle of the whole program, right? Which is turning one's will and life over to the care of a higher power. But right prior to it, it says, all right, they explain how self-centeredness and selfishness is killing us. It's the, it kills, you know. And unless you get some relief from it, there's no, it's not going to be a solution. And it seems like it's very improbable you're going to get any through human power. Yeah. So it says, okay, the how and why of it then. It says, first, quit playing God. It doesn't work. And then next, turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power. So really, if you have a belief in what's prior has more importance, like in the Eightfold Noble Path, some people take a linear view of it, and it says, in Buddhism, it says right view is the number one, then it's right meditation, right livelihood, right understanding. But the right view sets the whole thing up. You know, without the right view, it doesn't matter how much meditation and understanding and this shit happens, yes? So here it's saying, first, quit playing God. Why? It doesn't work. And then as my friend and I were talking about it, then it says next in this drama of life, we're going we're gonna to have, God is going to be the director, we're going to be whatever, yeah? But in a fact is, if you get the first and realize you're not what's playing God, that's the living third step. Because from that point of view, yes, from that point of view, this experience that's rampant in our program, our community of surrendering and taking it back, Suppose we turned our will and our life over to this God, but it seems most people's story about being in this program is, I surrendered, but I took it back. I took my will and my life back. I surrendered. That must be a weak fucking God you gave your will and life to. If you can take it back, I would say that's playing God. So you stay in a place which is really safe, which is the basic premise is your God, yes, and then you play God with God. So you, you can have experiences called surrendering, but very rarely do you entertain the state of surrendered. The state of surrendered is the recognition of what playing God is, and most importantly, what it isn't, which it isn't you. It's a you playing God, but it is not you playing God. Because if you believe it's you playing God, then you'll try to not play God, which is playing God, yes? You cannot get out of the Chinese little torture, thumb thing. All right, I'm going to stop playing God. No, that's playing God. All right, I'm going to keep playing God. That's playing <laughs> You can't get out of it. Self can't get out of self. It's like, it's like a slinky gone crazy. You know, it never, you never get it on a flat area. Just And you keep thinking, yes, self, self, self. <laughs> just was trying to get relief, yeah? 
and I was trying almost everything. And I went on this thing where uh, I had a really good story. I had had a lot of antibiotics will kill all the flora in your intestines. So I said, well, I got to eat probiotics, yeah, acidophilus. But not just regular, I mean the highest, most expensive acidophilus. Stuff that comes in milk from Canada, which has about 800 million billion things. I said, all right. And they are expensive. You buy a whole little case of it for 40-something dollars. And I was religiously drinking this. And my mind was hoping and expecting something may change. Yeah? And I was drinking this religiously, spending tons of money. And then I sent my shit somewhere to a laboratory called Smoky Mountain, down in Virginia or somewhere. It's supposed to be the best, <laughs> the best laboratory for studying stools, really. So I sent it down there. I mean, <laughs> they sent me a little shovel and a plastic thing. I packed it away and they sent it down there. And I was anticipating the, the thing, because they do a, th and I knocked all the things I wanted to look at, parasites and flora and everything. And then, you know, they, they changed the price by how many things you want to check out. And they sent me back the uh, printout. And I looked at it and it says, there's no indication, there's no sign of any beneficial flora in the intestines. Yet I've been pouring 800 trillion of them a day in there. Yet there's absolutely no sign of them. Now, it was, I thought it was sort of realistic to expect the results, yes? At least, it, I mean, I, I put so much of it in, there must be, where did they go, you know? <laughs> but what happened was, I didn't know that there was something prior, or, or uh, 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 let's say, a higher power than that. The power I was introducing to wasn't taken into account, there was already a higher power in there. I had a certain form of bacteria that was eating up that good shit like that. In other words, I was trying to make this better and I was actually giving what was causing it not to be good all the food they could have ever imagined. 800 trillion of the things they wanted to eat. Yeah? It was mind-boggling, but it was showed a really incredible principle. If you don't know really what's causing you, seemingly, the difficulties, it doesn't matter how much time you spend or how much money you spend or how, how religious you are in your practice. If there's been a misdiagnosis, it comes to naught. Yeah? So if there's a sense of that there's an authentic self that's just waiting to come out, after you get through a lot of different things to undo all these knots emotionally or whatever, your family of origin from Mars or whatever, you know, work it all out. And then finally there's going to be really, Paul is going to rise up, the authentic Paul that's always been there, that's selfing. It's always attempting to make you as a self relevant in this whole story. Where in, in, in a fact, you're inherently absent When you get so engaged in an activity here that produces a sense of being absent, that's when you feel the most alive. Yeah? That's not an experience. It's not a, an illusion. It's actually you just got keyed into a state. The state here is inherently absent of self. Yeah? That's why it's always available at all times. Because it doesn't take anything to be demolished for it to rise. It's already prior to everything. Yeah? And when this solution starts of coming into your life, one of the qualities you'll really sense of it is its timelessness. Because it doesn't take any time to erase 40 years of conditioning, in a sense. For that moment, you're free from all the thoughts that have ever been claimed, all the feelings that have ever been claimed, all the memories that have ever been claimed about you, in one of those glorious, grace-soaked, Causes, it's as if none of that ever happened. And that's one of the clearest perceptions you'll ever have because, in fact, none of it ever did happen. Yeah. For something to be erased that quickly, it mustn't have been here to begin with. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it makes a huge impression on that impression. So let's say these impressions that have been seeking expression, yes? 
you introduce to and what causes you to be the conduit for all those impressions is self-centeredness. Yes? Because all of them are sort of... They all influence with the idea of self in them. Every one of those deep mental grooves, it's one of its key components is being a self, yeah? So that's like the frame of all frames. And all these impressions have been coming through to express, yes? Now, you question yourself, am I that frame? When that frame takes a different shape, yes? Let's say it goes circular, it picks up a different mind, yeah? And now something greater than that mental groove of self-centeredness takes over. And now it, its impression is so deep, it starts overriding all those expressions that seem to have gone on for 40 and 50 years and all the stories around how it's always going to be this way. This new impression, being greater or more powerful than this impression, overrides this impression. And on the back of a life that was filled with addiction and anger and violence, now beauty and clarity and love and joy start becoming typical fare of the day. Yeah? That impression, just like the other impression, seeks to express. And it will express through this, just like the others will express through this. Yeah? What causes this to be a landing pad for maybe... Short-sighted expressions is the land is the tarmac of self. Yeah, it's like a giant steering wheel that all these things can come in because whatever's expressing through you, you'll be sitting in the narration that you're the one that's doing that expression. This is my expression. So in alcoholism, it says very, very, very clearly that we're going to look at self manifesting in various ways is what has defeated us. We're convinced of that. We believe with certainty, yes? I believe with certainty that self manifested in all these ways. So there's the impression of self manifesting all these ways which are the expression of self, yes? So we know the impression by the expression, yeah? We can't see the impression because it's coming from like a mental realm. Not of things, yeah? Not of seeable things. So the impression is in place, but we can see the impression by the expression. So, self, as what is in manifested in all these ways, is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, meaning self's, which is the impression, yes? We're going to look at its common manifestations. So, and then the next paragraph, it says resentment. So, in a sense, our inquiry isn't about our fears and our resentments and our self-delusion, our self-pity, and our, 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 that, it's in looking at the expressions of that impression of mind called self-centeredness, yeah? Tinted with alcoholism. Yeah? Now, you can see the activity of the problem when someone asks you how you're doing and you start talking about your fear. It isn't your fear. It's fear being generated by this impression called self-centeredness, and finding expression here through you. What's allowing that to have access to express in the manifestation is your identification with the impression of being a self. So when self-centeredness expresses its qualities, which some of the grosser ones are resentments, fears, and harming other people, as it's coming through, the mental process in this apparatus claims it and says, these are my resentments. And you have tons of stories about your resentments. Tons of, of ways, it's like tons of ways pulling a river and making it a bonding element. Yeah? Life is happening, but now everything called manifestation is happening to you. So you're using this free-flowing river to bond yourself. Yes? Yeah. The expressions of the impression bond you to what? The impression which causes the expressions to have free sway to manifest in what you would call your life. Now, you don't like the manifestations, so then you go to the impression, you go to the root of it, and ask it, oh, wise one, what should I do? And it gives you a solution which only reinforces the impression so more expressions occur. 
And its biggest modus operandi as an impression is when anything expresses, it claims it. Yeah? From, a, from a, a fixed reference called you. So when self is expressing its qualities, resenting things, things seeing things as threat, living in anxiety constantly, harming other people in pursuit of it once, it never discovered as a foreign element because you claim every one of them as yours. Every one of its expressions. What an incredible way to hide. Yeah. The other impression, though, of, let's say, non-self or nothingness, yes? This impression, when it expresses, you have the expression by not claiming it. There's no claiming of this expression. In AA, they capture it with, you have it by giving it away, yes? So, this how you dance as this impression is in humility and anonymity, yes? The center of this system is not self. And the modus operandi is not claiming. It's more the obvious seeing that it is not you, yeah? That causes it to appear to be you all day. And this impression, you'll know it by its fruits also. You'll know it because a down-and-out fucking junkie will start being of service to other people. And the insanity of his, that sort of story, th that expression, that when you were at the brunt of that expression, you saw no value in it, from this impression, it has huge value to share with other people suffering from the impression of self. So it takes the expression of selfing and turns it into gold in entertaining you can be free of it. What an incredible, beautiful maneuver. Just by seeing what it has done with a life that you called yours, when it was totally down and out, and it re-salvaged it, it's like the greatest recycler. Just in that expression, you have to see to get on your knees and realize what is expressing through you is beyond your little human take, yeah? It has nothing to do with this place. It doesn't, it doesn't have things by privatizing them, or owning them, or claiming them. It has things because it's all, all, all nothing. Everything's appearing in it. Oh, it's so fucking cool. So here's Chuck, let's say, or Paul. If people... And of course, when I was thinking in this system, and people who were thinking that system saw me, I was a fucking down-and-out junkie. Most people, I remember the nurse that walked me to the elevator the last night I used, yeah? No, the last night before I went into Delancey Street, I had overdosed, and the police were in the room till about 5 in the morning, and then they left. And at 8.30, the nurse, they released me, and they, she walked me to the elevator, and... The look in her eyes was the clearest perception of me that I'd ever seen. She knew she, the next time she was going to see me was horizontal on a gurney dead. You know, I could just see it. It was like a fucking rude awakening, which I overrode very quickly thereafter. But her look in me captured what I, the expression of, of that impression better than I ever did being at the end of, you know, the... The ass end of it. <laughs> so there isn't any one, any stabilized thing in any aspect at any time in your life, ever. If there was, how could one thing that was so bad seem to become so good? Yeah. <laughs> it was just what took you over, yes? What's taken you over? What has possessed this a possibility to express impressions? Yeah? If it goes past the point of identification as self, every time you want to get back to the higher power, the greater impression, you do it as a self, which tattoos the problem on the solution. It's already failed before you even start. Because where you're starting from is from the problem. You're identified as a self, and now the self is looking for freedom or enlightenment or awakening or, you know, 
it's just a failed, fruitless event because you self can't get out of self. If it starts after the identification, you may get a lot of self-improvement. You may get a larger, more voluptuous self. You may get a self that looks good in white instead of, you know, tattoos and black. It may, a lot of things may happen, but there's still the bonding uh, equation in place. Yeah? But prior to that, if I'm not that, that opens me up to this other impression. And that other impression starts informing me through the mindset of I don't know. And then I find out about it, because I can never see it, because it's no thing. Yeah? How can I see myself? I can't. That whole desire to be the subject and make subjectivity the object gets dismissed. You realize, yeah? <laughs> so now you're in this sort of right relationship with it, which is no relationship at all. So you're in that I don't know, and then you find out. And then what you call being convinced, you really get the sense of what convinced can be which is no turning back, which is no more surrendering, surrendered. Yes? Finito. There's been an understanding. The mind has entertained it's not that. The grace showed up for that to become verified. And now all, all the qualities of, and descriptions of life based on being a self lose their power over the mind. Yeah? It now has a sense of that eternal moment in a pause. Yeah? And that pause is more frequent because it sees every moment is inherently a pause. Yeah? Things that you can never entertain as a self, or how you would entertain it as a self, would always be throwing it into time and as an object to you, are now seen as always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. So no matter what this pontificates, it never exiles you. Never. It has, doesn't have any ability for false evidence to appear real unless there's faith in it from your end. Yes? If that faith is not in that one impression of self and is put into the impression of no-thingness, let's say, it tends to manifest here as an ease and comfort in your skin. Where, if there is faith in self, you have anxiety about what's not happening. It's the same faith, but look what it manifests like. Yeah? By what vehicle it's put in. The selfing impression, yeah? Constantly has a life narrated from the sense of being a you. Yeah? It's very difficult to see anything's happening but to me. There's a preconditional pertaining to you all the time. Yes? There's no way that can... It's just a habit. How it sees things is off. If I'm not that, then, in other words, like in one sense, you know, the single eye your eye be single, your body is full of light. Yes. It's just, for me, it's just talking about a modality of, of mind here. Mind identified, yes, is seeing things in a, in a sense of two-ness, yes. I'm the subject and you're the object to me. Yet, all day, right here in this room, at the same time, I believe I'm the subject looking at Greg. Greg is believing he's the subject looking at me. Yeah. And if you asked who's looking at it, he would say, I am. And if I asked this, who's looking at it, I'd say, I am. Yeah? So everyone would have the same answer. If you ask who's looking at Deb, I am. Yeah? And then if I asked Deb, who's look at Deb who's, who are you looking at? She said, I am. I'm looking. Yeah? But what happens is when Greg is looking at me as an I, yeah? he sees this as an object. Yes? Obviously. When I'm looking that way, as an I, I see that as an object. Now, if I ask myself what object am I seeing, I say you. If I ask myself who is this, me. Yeah? All this is, is an identification of a you 
as the subject. And now it's, now it's, in the playing God, it's, it's declared to be me. <laughs> but me is a you, isn't it? If I ask the eye that's looking there, who are you looking at? It's you. Yeah? But this you, in my mental process, it's me. And this me is the movement of claiming the eye. So now it's me that's seeing. It's me that's thinking. It's me that's feeling. It's me that's even conscious. And it's up to me if I'll be more conscious or less conscious. Yeah. Instead of recognizing the state, the prior state of consciousness, that's being demonstrated in everyone's seeing right now. Yeah? That flavor, you don't get it? I don't know. To me, it sounds really, seems really clear when I share it. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like, you know, I'm assuming everyone's feeling the same way. That's why I'm like, I'm sharing in a meeting, and I'm saying, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. Let's get back to the problem at hand. I mean, how many more meetings do I want to go with? Fear's the topic. And you bring it right back to, well, what's causing the fear? From the point of view of our holy recovery book, it's self-reliance. Oh, let's move on from there. How's your fears? Fears. How are you doing with the fear again? incredible to me. I don't know. I mean, if something's occurring and you look out that way, you're, you're farther into the, into the forest. <laughs> you're more lost. you got to look the other way, yeah? It's like... There's a blueprint to everything that appears here. There's a pattern to all the chaotic random activity. There's a blueprint. The relief is going into the blueprint room, not trying to figure out how to stop the consequences of ignorance. Yeah, from an ignorant point of view, there'll just be more consequences. But to see the blueprint, I think Bill W. tried to really, he brought about a quantum leap in the understanding of alcoholism by talking about the causes and conditions. Self-centeredness, yes. Selfishness. Making it a disease, not, a, not an idea of willpower. Yeah? But a disease, a disease of mind, like a parasite. And that the parasite has taken us over. And it rings so true to anyone who's been taken over because it would feel like a possession, especially if you hadn't done it for a few days. And then you went back and had a drink and then suddenly the beast would get on you and ride you like a horse for as long as you could stay on your two feet or not get arrested yet. Then you go out, try to recover, and then the mind would start advertising again. Oh, yeah, it's, it's some coke or something. As soon as it's like another position, over and over again. It's like there was no air controller that just landed any time. It was just wide open, taking over this, you know. I mean... How did these feelings that seem so real get turned into some motherfucking doublespeak? You know? Like it felt like a possession ever since I got took over by this thing. It felt like a possession. What could cause a feeling of a possession like a parasitical entity yeah? that would take over something and make it into something else? It would use something as transportation or as a vehicle. Yeah? How does, all right, so I have been used, in a sense, I'm just using that term loosely, I, I have been used as a vehicle by something, and I've also been used by a vehicle by something else, a lot of different things, yeah? One opened me up to a whole treasure trove of nasty sort of takeovers. The other has become a little more benevolent, yeah? Now I'm taken over by compassion at times, joy, a sense of empathy for others, a feeling of uh, love, uh, a sense of such a warmth towards other people who suffer from alcoholism. All of these qualities I had none of when I was out there taken over by the parasite have been sort of replaced, have been brought in by what's taken me over now. 
There's no Paul that had, had any concrete characteristics that was taken over. I'm just an empty, neutral position for mind to express itself through. Yeah? I am just a manifestation of mind. From the, from the smallest toe to the last hair on my head. This, this allows mind to manifest from no-thingness into thingness. Yeah? never a Paul that got bumped off the horse. <laughs> there was never a Paul riding. It was just an interpretation of mind coming from that impression called self-centeredness. Manifesting as the narration of a life. As a body. Yeah? Seeing that, you can really live Rule 62 in recovery, which is don't take yourself so seriously. I mean, you're really taking it seriously if you think you're it. <laughs> and you can't take it more serious than that. <laughs> I mean, if you... <laughs> I love when I speak with people. They're speaking around ten things down the line. <laughs> It's like, you've got to get to the blueprint room, maybe. You know, just check out how, why it's looking the way it's looking. Yeah. It's contrived. Yes. It's produced by a template, like a cookie cutter thing called self-centeredness. It's not personal at all. It's just mind. Yeah. The personalness is part of the cookie cutter. It's part of the template. It's not an authentic uh, reaction you're having to the template. It's part of the template. The feeling that things are happening to you is exactly the root base of the template. You're not going to change life's direction. Yeah? It's seeing that it's just happening. If, it's, if you're seeing as it's happening to you and now you want it not to happen to you or you want certain things to happen to you, that's like you're way into the jungle then. <laughs> if the solution isn't in controlling it more, the solution is surrendering and realizing it's not yours to control. That's where the solution occurs, not in, all right, it's happening to me, but I don't like what's happening to me, so let's make it not happen to me. That's your mind is way... You know, if it's the digestion system, it's right near the anus, you know. It's ready to shit out. The sphincter muscle is totally flabby and it's boom. It's just like, it's way too, it's too far gone to deal with it then. No matter how much toilet paper you have, you ain't cleaning that mess up. You know, you kind of see it at another point on the journey to manifestation. I mean, really. You have to see it at least intimated from nothingness. You can get a sense of self. Yeah? You can get a sense of it, and you can get a sense of what you would call non-self. Though it isn't non-self, it's just a, let's just use it as a, ne a negation of self. You can get an intimation of that, yeah? You can get to know it, in a sense, by its manifestations. Yeah? So, there you have it. Any, any questions?